0: He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luka. Even losses feel like wins. When you with your good friend Tim, it's 77 minutes in heaven.
1: And we're back. Welcome to 77 Minutes, the Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast you're listening to right now. It's been a summer. We've been off for a little bit. But Media Day happened today, Monday. You may be listening to this on a Tuesday. But this is the start of the season, as you well know. I sat in interview room one today and listened to players talk about how excited they are and how good of shape they are in. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of media day does kind of boil down to that. You get a whole lot of cliches and whatnot. But there was a few interesting things, and I think we're going to get into that. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks for The Athletic. And we've got Austin Guria, Dave Dufour. You know them. Frequent co-hosts, contributors, you know, just, just the, the, the golden team. Mike Pellucci also included in there. He's not here today. But, you know, Austin and Dave, we'll, we'll settle for y'all. How was your summers?
2: The 08 Argentinian national team of Dallas Mavericks podcasting. Is that, is that what we've got going on? Is that, is that the,
0: uh, Oh, four Argentinian. Oh, four,
2: team? excuse me. Not Oh eight. Sorry. Not Oh eight. I was 04. like, man, sorry. are we
0: mediocre? We just we No, I'm like, just, I'm just
2: old. <laughs> I'm just old, uh, man. I'm good. Uh, ready for basketball. I, I was, this was a, this was the first full off season that we've had in a long time. And, uh, I forgot what it was like to miss watching games. Six weeks last summer just wasn't enough time off. So I don't know. I'm good, man. I'm ready to be back.
0: Same. I, I feel rejuvenated. I, yeah, it was nice to have an actual real offseason with actual no news for almost two months outside of other random NBA things. But yeah, feels great. Get some traveling, you know, focus this, on my... This
1: life. was... I'll, I'll say this much. There was a lot of news, especially the past few weeks, and uh, it's... Uh, It's good the Mavericks weren't in those type of news stories. So the only controversy in Dallas uh, that we got from Media Day is something that I really don't think is too controversial. I don't think it's a a, a mode of crisis. In fact, we've known it, if you've read my reporting, for months now. But Christian Wood, the most notable addition this offseason for the Mavericks, is going to come off the bench. He will not be a starter. It was interesting. Uh, Actually, listen to what Jason Kidd said about it right now.
2: Yeah, uh, right now. um, And I said it in the summer that I would bring him off the bench, um, but starting JaVale and Spencer. And so uh, and that's the way we'll start, um, you know, as we go forward. Uh, But as you know, flexibility is uh, something that you have to be as a head coach. And um, he could start at times if the matchup is uh, something that we want to look at. Uh, and, I, and I talked about it last year. Um, you're going to see a lot of probably different lineups out there so that we can get the answers uh, to the tests um, so that when we uh, make it to the playoffs that we, we are comfortable with guys playing with one another.
1: To be 100% accurate, Jason Kidd did not actually say that specifically, but he did name Spencer Dinwiddie and JaVale McGee as starters uh, in various interviews he did, uh, I believe in Summer League. and. If you were to infer, and and you know, even before I was told by a source that this was the plan, you could infer that Reggie Bullock, after the postseason and, and second half of the season he had, was never going to be benched. But it was a, it was, it was something to be, you know, kind of read between the lines. Um, but yeah, this has been the plan since the summer, which is why it was interesting. And I'll get you guys' take on this. But this is what Christian Wood said when he was kind of told the Jason Kidd quote uh a few press conferences later
0: this is my first time hearing about it <laughs> thank you <laughs> um I, I haven't i haven't really looked into it that much uh, i'm motivated either way, it's off the bench or 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 starting um either way um with something you know we could i could figure out and not really worried about who starts the game more so concerned about who's who's finishing the game and um if people were asking like how would he feel about um, coming off the bench, I'm not I'm not too worried. It's something that um, most likely will um, happen in talks with uh, extensions and talks with uh, free agency. But during the season, it's not going to get me off my pivot.
1: It is so funny to frame whether you're a starter or not by saying, I haven't really looked into it. <laughs> That's where I want to start. <laughs> it's just really great phrasing. Dave, is he was joking. I took it as a joke. Did you read that as a joke? You know, the that 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 he had this was the first time he was hearing it?
2: I mean, yes. Everybody laughed in the room. It's in the audio. Yeah, it was a joke. Um so yeah, I think the most interesting part of that is the extension that he, you know, kind of mentions. I I don't I don't think the coming off the bench thing really it didn't seem to bother him at least. So you know, this, this could be a Jason Kidd thing. Maybe he's laid it out there and in terms, that just makes sense. And yeah, he's still going to get touches. My, my assumption is he'll close games when they need offense and he might not, you know, maybe it's Maxie and JaVale out there if they need defense, which by the way, JaVale is actually a really good player. Um, So JaVale starting over Christian Wood really doesn't even bother me. So I I don't, it doesn't seem like it bothered him either. It was a good joke.
0: Yeah. Like, not only did he make a joke, like he thanked everyone for laughing. That was definitely
2: yes. a <laughs> It was confirmation like of it being a purpose. joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He hired and,
0: Ian Carmel to write that
2: joke. Uh, you I, know, I, like, I should
1: I should note that he sent a tweet about probably an hour before we recorded that that just said, LOL. Yeah. And, it, yeah. I, and, I, and I saw and Matt's is, Twitter kind of spin
0: out of control because of that tweet. I'm like, it was all a joke. he. He's having a yeah. good but honestly it makes me like him more that he's a, like he's trolling this whole bit just a little bit. So it,
1: the most logical reading of that as I think about this more is like lol I was laughing out loud. We just heard the clip. <laughs> you know? Like I, I think I think what Christian Wood thinks of himself as a player, how talented he is whether he feels he should be starting is a little bit different than saying Christian Wood has no motivation if he's not in the starting lineup if he's you know if he, if he's going to be coming off the bench he's going to be disgruntled and unhappy and where that line is and whether it gets hazy and gray or whether things just change and Christian Wood is a starter by December i think those are all interesting questions the idea that Christian Wood in a contract year for the first time in his career playing for a winning team will not be motivated especially in the opening months of the season. I don't think that's whatsoever the question because it's very clear he will be, and those are not concerns. And that's why I don't think this is a crisis. I don't think it's very controversial. I, I do think it's just something to note to keep an eye on for the exact reasons you said, Dave, because in that answer he gave, unprompted by the question you know that he was asked by the reporter, I believe Callie Kaplan asked that question, he mentioned contract talks, and I could see a situation where if the Mavericks want to extend him, he's like, yeah, but I'm a starter. I'm not coming. I'm not a six man. You're not going to extend me as a six man. But that's a time from now. That's months from now. That's like probably 40 games from now before that becomes even anything. Who even knows wh- who and what Christian Wood is right now? OK, like
2: that's where I'm at with Christian Wood. Christian Wood had a great 1920 season in Detroit, you know. He started 12 games that year. And I know, you know, the the season was shortened. And then he's played the last two in Houston on a team that wants to be bad on purpose. So, like, I I don't know. I I don't even think... I mean, he might just be a a guy off the bench. I don't know. Now he's on a good team. So he's going to start off the bench. But, hell, if everything breaks right for Dallas, it means he's in the starting lineup because he's too good. And then this entire conversation was moot. But I, I actually... I think JaVale's a better player, or at least I know what I'm gonna get from JaVale. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm getting from JaVale day one. Christian Wood, I yeah, Christian Wood, you're gonna have to figure it out. Defensively, most importantly, I'm assuming Jason Kidd probably feels the same way.
0: Well, you know
1: who does know him a little bit is Sean Sweeney who was an assistant in Detroit that season you referenced, where Christian Wood broke out. One other interesting, the other most interesting thing Christian I thought said at his media day presser was just talking about how Sean Sweeney has been the assistant coach he's most been working with, you know, since the moment he became a Maverick and it has been very defensively focused, which I just find very interesting. And and I think, What is necessary there is a defensive level of of capability that wood has not proven in his career to fit into the system that the mavericks were running which sean sweeney was in charge of in which he would know well wood's ability to fit into it even though it's very different than the system detroit was running so you know i I think a lot of christian Wood's success or failure with the mavericks or maybe it's it, it doesn't have to be either one of those it has to you know Maybe he's just blah and, and the Mavericks don't resign him. But I think a lot of it will become down to how good he can be integrated into this, you know, really good defensive system the Mavericks ran last year because his offensive talent and his fit with Luca is much more obvious.
0: And I, I think I would kind of zag here and say that, like, starting JaVale over Christian Wood is just a good basketball decision. Like, it's just the, it's the right decision. And it makes their roles very coherent, just like it was last season. And it upgrades their starting lineup from last season. I think they have a better starting lineup this season than they did last season. And I actually think that lineup of Luka, Spencer, Reggie, Dorian, and JaVale, I think that lineup will have their best net rating on the team. I'm not sure if it's their five most talented players, but I think that lineup will have the best net rating. And I think it's going to also provide what kid wants, is that they, he wants to have an elite defense. He wants to have a top five defense. And I think starting that lineup allows him to do that. And then Christian will gets to prove himself Hey, can you defend at a high level? Because I think that is the bar for Kate. Can you can you defend in a way that we can still be a top five defense? If you can't do that, then you're you're just not going to start. That's just kind of it's gonna be pretty cut or dry for him. And so I think the the longer we've had to think about it and look at the lineups, I think it just it's much clearer than it maybe initially looked. I think if you want to start him, if you want to start Christian Wood, who are you taking out of the, the starting five?
2: I mean, it would be Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. That that's to me that's the obvious candidate. Um, even though it's nice to have the second ball handler, I do think that you need both Dorian and Reggie Bullock, especially if you're going to have Christian Wood out there. I mean, he's he's a decent three point shooter, but he's not like a super high volume guy. He's, you, he's not going to be a guy you want spotting up, um, because you are going to want to run pick and roll with well, Javale and Luka. He,
1: he's he's pretty. He's, he's a pretty fine. good. I mean, yeah, it's a fine. waste
2: of his talent to just be like, hey, go be Max and Kleba. Okay, I
1: see what you mean. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: so yeah. I, I think that you've got some very interesting lineup options using him and, and ways that you can cover if there are deficiencies. Because, again, man, like the guy's got the tools to be a good defender. And he's a pretty good rebounder, which is, you know, that's a part of defense. And that's something that, that the Mavs actually can use, right? I mean, Maxi and Christian Wood is your bigs could be really, like, that could be monstrous for a, you know, a a tall ball that's not, you know, traditional center, but two bigs that are mobile. And, I mean, we know Maxi you know, is kind of a – he's a borderline all-defense guy. So he could cover up for some of those things, maybe defend more bigs. And, you know, you don't have to worry about Christian Wood getting killed on a switch because you'll have help. But I, I do – I like the move, man. I, I think going defense first for a team that you know is going to be able to score – I do think that that's the move.
1: If you think that Jason Kidd wants to slowly morph this team's identity and and vision more towards that title winning Lakers team, which to be clear, I actually asked him this, and and you know he gave a classic response where he's like, "This team is different. We're going to operate differently. You know, some of the principles of that team, of course, are ones that he wants to implement on this team. I don't know for sure that's that's what he's trying to do." um uh, or if it's the right move for this team and that's ultimately, you know, what it comes down to. But if you were Christian Wood next to McGee and one ball handler who happens to be the heliocentric Luka Doncic makes a lot of sense. That is almost a direct copy of what the Lakers did when they won the championship in the bubble.
2: I bet if you could get him, you know, off the record, he would basically say, "Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we're going for." Like we're we're hoping for that. You know, and, and like I said, everything breaks right. Your five most talented guys are out there. And Christian Wood, is, I think, is, from a talent perspective, definitely one of them.
1: It's yeah, just I mean, can the, it all fit? The best case scenario is is Christian Wood is a better offensive player than AD, to be honest. Defensively, no. Of course not. Not a better player. But, you know, actually having someone who can space and shoot, you know, it, it really. Well, that was a
2: That was a. Key to their bubble title was that Anthony Davis shot like Kevin right. Durant in the bubble.
1: Yep, right.
2: And so, right. So uh, you're onto something there, Tim. Tim Cato, not not too bad at this job.
1: <laughs> Do you guys think he'll no. be a starter by December?
2: Oh, oh, by January.
1: Um, I honestly, I actually don't think so. Their their rotation is is a little
0: wonky. Like it's not very clear. As to how they're going to manage, like the starting five has been like the huge question, but that's honestly not a big question for me. It's how we're like who's playing in like that early second quarter period, who's playing those late third quarter, early fourth quarter periods, who, how many minutes does Hardaway play versus like how many minutes does Frank Milikino or Josh Green play? They have a lot of different elements that they can put on the floor, and then who are they going to close with? Because I think that's one thing that Christian Wood did say in his statement: who's like it's not who starts, it's who finishes and it will be very interesting to see who finishes games for them and who are, who are their best five. What's their best five-man lineup to close a basketball game?
2: Well, you know, there is one problem, okay, guys, and it might start out rough. They've got a rough start to the schedule, and what if this lineup isn't as good as it could be? Right, guys? I mean, like, that's what I'm worried about. What if this lineup actually is, is really good if it's given time to breathe beyond
0: December? It's going to take some time it's going to take some patience early on in the season because again last season their first thirty games were they were they were miserable they were not fun to watch they had very weird wonky lineups and they really couldn't get out of their own way and they didn't really know who they were until mid January now they now they 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 do know that they have a blueprint if you play Luca Spencer Dorian Reggie Maxi, and you play them forty minutes a game it, you can win a lot of games they did that last year they won six, of their games and went to the conference finals. So they know that they do have a lineup that they can rely on that is consistent, but integrating Hardaway and integrating Kirshen wood, I think is going to be a little more difficult and there's going to be, it's going to have to be a higher threshold for pain early on in the season to see how those lineups play out.
1: Yeah. But I mean, compared to other teams, they have such a lower level of, you know, they have so much more stability. They have more, so much more continuity as we described with the starting lineup. It's literally last year's starting lineup one player off the bench who, you know, subbed in for the departed Jalen Brunson, and one player who's just a better, you know, version of of JaVale McKee, uh, sorry, of of Dwight Powell in in JaVale McKee entering, if they were to start Christian Wood right away, that actually might make the integration a little bit tougher. And that's where, you know, this this started from Will would be starting by December or January. I would want to think that that's their plan or that's their hope at minimum. And that they see, you know, they saw last year's rocky start. And if you keep things more similar, they have an identity. Like, why wouldn't it carry over from the conference finals run? Uh, especially if Luka's better, you know? Now, if Luka was coming into, la- you know, this season, the same as he was last season, if the Mavericks trying to implement a drastically different offensive approach, which they, I don't want to say scrapped, but let's, you know, that assistant coach who was doing it is gone, uh, you know, eager uh he he's not with the team anymore, like clearly they went away from that after I don't know the exact uh game, but you know after ten fifteen games, they decided no, we're just going to go back to spread pick and roll and so there was reasons why they started slow last season, and those reasons broadly are gone I, I I don't know why this team wouldn't really smoothly coast in, and maybe that's exactly what Christian Wood needs again, we're talking best case scenario, I am not. I am not as optimistic as maybe prevailing sentiment, but I think there's a really good case that Christian Wood could work out really well on this team. Like, we see the talent. And so, yeah, I, I, all I would say is that it makes a lot of sense. I don't know how it's going to play out. I like that they're doing it, and I don't think it's an issue for Christian Wood, at least for the first few months. And then it, then it may be more of an issue, not with his play on the court, not with who he is in the locker room, you know, assuming it's going successfully, but he's still not starting. But it would be an issue if the Mavericks were starting to open up extension conversations with him or something of the like. Yeah, I agree good with summation. That. Everybody I agree? agree with that? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think we're uh, again, man. I, if if everything that they, I, the way that I guess they've envisioned this working out, is that yeah, by the time playoffs come, they're probably starting Christian Wood and Javale McGee. That, that's my guess, my best guess. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is really the guy to watch, um, and him being in the starting lineup may be huge for them. He looked really, really good physically after the trade, after he came over, and I, I think that that run, I saw him kind of like figuring things out as, as he went, how to play with Luka, who he really didn't, he didn't spend as much time with him as you would have thought. And I love the just like he's a little bit more like Brunson when he has the ball in his hands, he's looking to attack and he wants to penetrate and kick. And I, I just I, I think that that works so well with Brunson. If you can have a guy who's, you know, six, seven doing that next to Luca. It's a, you know, little bit of thunder and lightning there, but plays, with size. We, we've
1: said this on this podcast before, but he plays more direct. Right. He, he has more straight line speed. And I don't. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's better than Brunson or not. Or, no, 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 no. Or, or that, like a, a or, facsimile of what he provided. Well, I, th- I think he's slightly better fitting next to mm-hmm. Luca as a, as a duo. Now, I don't know how much Spencer and Luca can actually play together. You know, 20 minutes a night. But, yeah. you know, anytime one of them sits, I, I would have to imagine the other has to be playing. But I, I, do think, I do think that I like Spencer in the starting lineup. And I like his complement to Luca. Um, maybe better than Brunson, not which isn't really commentary on Brunson whatsoever or his departure or any of that. It's just this fact mm-hmm. that, in the specific context of the starting five, I think he may fit better, and I'm actually hundred percent behind Austin's point that that's going to be their best lineup in terms of just how effectively they you know beat down opponents. Yeah, I mean, there were times
0: during the playoffs. I mean, I kind of it went kind of went unnoticed, but like that Spencer would play over Brunson when they had Luca. Especially in that Sun series and also specifically in that Warrior series, that Spencer was playing major like crunch time minutes over Brunson. And it kind of just went overlooked, but I think he is a better natural fit next to Luca. He's a better spot up fit. I think, and just like we've detailed before, that he just he plays more direct. And so very interested to see that pairing for an entire season.
1: Well, we're gonna have plenty more time to preview the season. Let's let's stick on media day. Austin, did did you have a just a overarching big picture takeaway? My overarching big picture takeaway is that all of their
0: chemistry and their accountability and the culture that they built last season has carried over, and everyone is in an, an honestly fantastic mood. Everyone just looked very happy to be there. It was giving nice first day of school vibes, just like where everyone everyone thinks they're gonna get an A in the class that they're taking, even if they know they're not. And honestly, the only semi controversial thing that was said was by Christian Wood. Uh, I thought Hardaway's comments were pretty illuminating and interesting, just that he's going to have to re-incorporate himself into this roster. You know, it's kind of easy to forget that he was their second best player in in the playoffs just two years ago. And now he's going to have to come in and try to figure out where he's going to be off the bench. And I think he said something about this is like the most serious he's taken a season so far in his career. And I think it is a pretty career-defining season for him that he's going to have to really redefine how he plays within this offense and how and where he gets his shots and how many minutes he plays, because he was a guy who was playing 38, 39, 40 minutes in the playoffs. And he most likely won't be that guy. And he's going to have to figure out where he gets those shots from. But other than that, I think the big takeaway is that, like, this team is in a very good place. They have a very good foundation, a good culture. And if you look at other teams around the league where there may be a lot of instability or a lot of questions, this team, their question marks are. Small lowercase questions, not uppercase questions.
1: The the league is kind of vibeless right now. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> there it are some really bad sucks, vibes man. out there.
2: It sucks because <laughs> even some of the good vibes teams from last year, the vibes fell off. It, it's almost like um feels too much like work. If that makes sense, like. It, I, i'm I'm not quite sure if I'm explaining this uh in a way that you guys can can grasp or relate to, but I've
1: never worked so basketball not right,
2: well yes see but this is this is where I'm getting at like basketball should be fun, even if it's your job it i'm my hope is that it feels like oh shit man, I'm so pumped to get back to play basketball didn't feel that way and and I think part of it is been a a Partial and in some places, full bummer of an offseason. The last couple of weeks were weird. Whatever's happening in Boston, which you know is none of my business, but it is a I just I don't know, man. It feels like there's a little bit of a pall over half the teams in the league. And it's nice that uh, that the Mavs are still having fun. I was worried because they lost Boban.
1: In fairness to media days, what you see from them is the controversy. So, you know, the the media days that were all, you know, chill and just people having fun, those are the ones that you're only going to see if you're up close following a team like we do to the Mavericks. But I agree, you know, there 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 is a lot of everything you described. It's it, it feels it it's a strange time in the NBA where the NBA is leaning into this entertainment arc and
2: lifestyle know, I, brand.
1: I, really. And and I think that I have noticed this trend in the NBA where it really does get filled with kind of off-court dramatic stuff to the degree that's purposeful. You know, I'm not alleging, you know, conspiracy or anything, but the the NBA does market itself in a way that is much more entertainment, uh, especially when there aren't games going on. But really, even when there is and that stuff floats to the top and, and it does kind of cast. What should be exciting in a way of, okay, well, what did this, you know, did this person address this thing that they did? Did this person address, you know, this thing that they didn't do, but somebody else did, and we want their opinion on it. And and then, you know, the the new cycle builds and builds from there. And, you know, I, I hope that we didn't do that with Christian Wood. Hopefully, you know, what I was trying to do with that segment, and I think we did it well, was just frame it within the context and you know, the the idea, just the logic, the logic that this player in a contract year who's finally playing for a winning team is not going to be disgruntled. He may have different feelings about how talented he is, and maybe they'll seep out at some point. But right now, I don't have a strong indication of that. I, I do believe that he probably believes he's a starter and, and that he is, you know, one of the t- most talented players on the team. But I, again, there's also logical reasons why you would slow play that. And so for the Mavericks to be in that context of good vibes, things are good. Dorian was gifted a horse this summer. <laughs> we talked for about seven minutes, six minutes with him, and maybe one of it focused on the court. And well, I mean, we it. were just talking about, so he said, um, he said the horse's name was, the name was Sir Alexander or something, you know, like <laughs> something like that. So he didn't even remember the name, which, I thought that was funny because Dorian Finney Smith, if you put a Sir in front of it, he's like an English lord of the you know, like in the nineteenth century. <laughs> like we don't talk enough how English sounding. Sir Dorian. Name. I know yes, so Dorian so Smith of uh Well, you know, he's my, my favorite my um, favorite
2: uh classical poet was Dorian Finney Smith,
1: you yeah. know. Oh, I I'd love that. Well, he decided that he's just gonna call the name uh the the horse Peanut. So oh. And that's what we talked about with Dorian. I, I didn't what what was I going to ask him of, about you know his play on the court? I did Not ask in him. A a question. Instagram said,
0: story all summer. He,
1: he was he was, it's, and that felt more important than talking to him about hey, what do you think of this drama? What do you think of that drama? You know what what do you have to prove? Dorian doesn't have to prove anything. You know, I asked him you know a, a softball question just to be nice of like, all right, you know your entire career is about improvement. What what else are you still trying to improve? And he talked about ball handling and some stuff like that, but. As much as we talk about expectations, it's a really good place to be as a team when your players have already proven a lot of the questions surrounding them uh, and that it's more singularly focused on specific new additions and things like that rather than, you know, a broad morass and, and you know, uh, you know, just just a graveyard of unfulfilled expectations and things like this. So so in a way, you know, that's going to start anew at some point this season probably sooner than later but it's nice to be you know if I'm a team that's the position I want to be entering a year
2: it's not too
1: bad yeah. yeah you guys want to hear a couple other random things that I thought were funny yes
2: actually the, the horse thing is just it's beautiful yeah I mean how many horse guys are in the NBA now I mean there, you actually, know Jokic it's
1: right? a mini horse I think also no, no way well no it's a it's a pony. It's oh, growing. OK, okay.
0: <laughs> yes, it's, it's a young a, horse. A mini, nobody
2: gets a mini horse on purpose. You get stuck hard. with a mini horse. You I don't mean, get I was, a mini horse on purpose.
1: I was hanging out with Austin like a week ago and he saw a baby and he's like, oh, that's a mini human. And I'm like, <laughs> no, Austin, that that child, um, in fact, is going to grow. They might be as tall as you. What,
0: was anyone. I wrong? Is, did I did I speak incorrectly?
1: Got
2: I lived in a I lived in a small village in, in Germany really close to the Dutch border for, for a while. And my English bulldog had an ongoing beef with a mini horse in my neighborhood. And I found out when I I met the owner, it's not a pony. Oh no, no, no. A mini horse. Okay. And I, I met the owner. I found out that this, this adage, I mean, literally no one gets a mini horse. You get stuck with one. My, my German neighbor taught me that. So (laughs) they're dicks. Mini horses are dicks. I'm sorry. Like I, I, I have to say they're jerks. So and I'm glad that it doesn't have a mini this
0: horse. Podcast. This it is, is massive for many.
2: <laughs> this is the only Dallas Mavericks podcast discussing mini horses.
1: It's the mini none horse. Of, none complex, of the rest of them have you know, they're have the guts to do it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Germany. So sticking with uh, a German player on the Mavericks, uh, I was talking to Maxi, and he admits that he does watch highlights of game two where he hit the eight threes. I, well, I pressed him on it. I'm like, Did you Google that one day or a few times this summer? And he's like, no, no, I haven't looked it up on my own. uh, But I did watch it when I got tagged in that video, like on social media. And I'm like, well, that's, is that really that different? Like, You're still choosing to click on it. And hey, if I'm Maxie, I'm absolutely going to watch, you know, a video of myself, you know, the basically the best performance of my career. How many times would you watch? I would watch that daily. I, he should watch that before every game. He hit eight
0: right. threes in a playoff game. That's insane. I think I don't know, actually we kind of like glossed over that. Him and Dorian
1: both hit eight threes in a playoff game, which is insane. <laughs> we'll have to talk about. By the way, one other interesting thing. I'm going to write about this. Um, if if you're listening to this Tuesday, there's a piece on the Athletic that I kind of wrote with some broader takeaways. But Jason Kidd did mention how this team may not be shooting 43s a game. Um, you know, how the vision, the identity might be a little bit different. Uh, And and that was more of a product of what they needed to do at the time. Let's save that. Let's save that. We've got plenty of preview time. I would rather talk about Reggie Bullock not eating red meat anymore. Or when I asked Luca whether he's going to break out the hook shot in an NBA game, he was like, I can't reveal all my secrets. Which one, which one, you know, both, both are interesting in their own ways. I'm supportive of Reggie. I, I try to, I try to eat less red meat, even if I'm not all the way out.
2: Yeah, less red meat is a good thing, especially um, because everyone in our country eats way too much red meat, like just an abundance. Just eat a normal amount, a fine amount, like a small amount. It's,
0: I, it's I would like to yet. be more like Reggie. I, I would like to cut out burgers from my diet, and but I'm a little too weak to do that. So, shouts out
1: to Reggie for doing that. <laughs> 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 over burgers under, are good man. Over over under on five point five made hook shots from Luca this season.
0: Oh, taking the I'm hitting over. Is there a is there a prop bet I can get for that? Cuz I would hit the not over. Not attempts, but makes. Makes. Oh, I would, I'm hitting over.
2: See, I think he I think he I'm going under. I'm
0: going I think he's under. he's going to do it well. in preseason. He's going to yeah. do it in
2: preseason, but he's not going to do it in regular season.
0: Oh, he's going to do it when they play OKC, when they play Orlando, when they play teams where he's bored. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to start doing it. <laughs> I think I it mean, depends less, on the yeah.
1: success rate on like the first 7 that he takes. And if he only it's made three. Of them, it's a good shot. It's a good shot. He is great. There are tight. situations that call for that. Yeah. Like in all seriousness. He 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 will drive into traffic and you know, because he's Luca, he doesn't really need a plan because his he can pick out any pass from any, you know, body shape, uh, and he can always find the open man. But sometimes there just isn't an open man. And it's easier to like literally just use your momentum to kind of fling it up. Well, and try a some good, like hard push shot off the off the glass trying to bank it, which you well, you have to put perfectly in the square because otherwise yeah. it's going to have too much. Uh, he's never you know, bank like, it. Fit, yeah. The velocity will be too much.
2: He's a good post player. He's got good footwork. He's big. I mean, it's a good shot, uh, a, a relatively good shot, right? Like, you don't want to take contested shots on a regular basis unless you're, you know, Kareem and you're, you know, 7 2. Although DeAndre Ayton is like, on that little jump hook that he does. So, I mean, the hook shot's good and has never left basketball. I like seeing a a guard, a a forward using it. I I actually, I think more guys should have been using it. The fadeaway, like he has the fadeaway. He's got the mid-range. If he has the hook, that guy in the box is pretty dangerous, man. It's not even going to be a post hook. It's going to be a run hook.
0: It's going to be him like, snaking a pick and roll and then just coming off to, the wing yeah just gonna just put up a little running hook no glass just straight swish because that's calling that it a hook
1: shot because it's it's sexier to call it that it's more fun it's really a running touch shot with a high release right it's a,
2: run, it's a running hook it's yeah. a running hook
1: he's gonna do it a lot it's a perfect shot for him it's a touch shot you know what uh, one, one day we should just have a show that's only about terminology like what's the difference have you no. seen like grab snag uh stab uh, I forget. Uh, Clinton Yates does it, and it's in reference to baseball catches. Oh and, like, yeah. Each yeah. one oh. has like a very minute specific difference between the three. Like we got to do something on like touch shots versus floaters versus um you know what's the uh, teardrops. We got to break down the terminology shot. one day. Anyway.
2: Okay. Yeah, I we'll think, do it.
1: We'll do it. Yeah. 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 Well, we're going to have plenty of time to do that this season. We will be going twice a week. Uh, Not this week, not next week, but starting three weeks from now. We're going to have two shows every time. And we're also going to be trying to be very consistent that Tuesday morning, maybe early, maybe late, we'll always have a review show. We'll always be talking about the week that was today. Happened to be media day, but games are coming before long. So... Austin, Dave, thank you Mike Pellucci, who is not here, thank you You will be hearing from all of us, all of our voices And we'll see ya He
0: plays Fortnite just like me I am 34 Don't fight the future, honey Don't fight the future, the future is Luca, big dick Donchage from the home of Melania Trump How many kids you have? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the future. Please be nice
1: to Luca.
0: Future four-time MVP. Oh, my God. Oh! Oh. Shut it down. Let's go home. (laughs) It's a wrap, Doug. That is a wrap.